Pizza. Pizza? Pizza. Hi. It's a fucking horrible intro. <laughs> my, my, hello, everyone. I'm your host, Matt, a.k.a. Legion Rex, and welcome to another uh, amazing episode of The Gap. We don't have any pizza on us right now. Shane just said the word. Yeah, Shane just I'm said the word. I'm already disappointed. Pizza. Yeah, Shane. I'm already well, disappointed. <laughs> I'm your host. With me, I have my co-host, Shane, a.k.a. The Beater One, once again, dishing out false promises with the podcast. Uh, hey, it's, what, uh, it's, how it's my you, character arc at this point. How, how do you? How would you like to explain yourself by promising pizza when there was zero pizza? Well, I never promised pizza. I just said pizza because I thought well, of pizza. Well, the the nature of saying something like pizza at the beginning of the podcast implies that we have pizza. Like implies that you have pizza, but the fact that you did, that you said it randomly just makes you look like a liar. Here's the thing, though. Even if you don't have pizza with you, you always have pizza in your heart. With me, I also have my co-host, Josh. How are you doing today, Josh? This is my first time back in like three months, and I have to deal with Shane's stupid shit again. Mm-hmm. Why am I? Why am I alive? Why are we here? Why are we here just to suffer? Just to suffer. Why are we? I can here feel just my legs pizza? going. Just Shane, I will go pizza. over there and smack you with a piece of pizza. <laughs> a smack hey, I'd be okay with that. Slap him right in the <laughs> mouth, please. <laughs> just a fucking ad, no, as he, no, he's about to slap the pizza, and you're just, you're just like, oh boy, here we go. Just open your mouth. <laughs> like, oh, here it comes. Ow. Just fucking just take a bite uh, out of it. As it's in your face. <laughs> that's going to be the, why, gonna be the why title. Do, why am I even here? <laughs> We have a wonderful. I thought we were going to be talking about cool punching and shit, but no, it's pizza. Pizza. You know, we're fucking yeah. talking about pizza. Fucking pizza. Uh, pizza. We have a wonderful show planned for y'all today. Clearly. Uh, uh, we have the. We of course we have some simulcasts to talk about. We have some uh, some bubs to talk about. We got. A uh, little bit of news, not really much, but still some news. And of course, we have our featured anime of the podcast, which is a one, which is one that I'm that Shane is very excited to cover, and Josh is very excited to cover, and I'm very excited to punchy. cover. Punchy, yeah, yeah, it's punchy. Yeah, that's the name of it. It's, it's, it's a punchy, punchy man. <laughs> punchy man, yes. It's punchy man doing punchy man things. Punchy uh, man, Joe. <laughs> that should have been his name, it's, to be honest. Punchy like Man those, Joe. It's like those stupid, like, third-party shirts, like, knockoff shirts you see on Amazon that don't mean anything. It's like, I'm Joe doing Joe things. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Joe doing Joe things, and the guy wearing it isn't even named Joe. He's named Bob. Yeah, he's <laughs> Craig. He's... <laughs> Simulcasts. Uh, nothing. <laughs> nothing. Did you not watch anything, Shane? The only thing I'm caught up on is God of High School. God of High School. So nothing new to talk about with that. Not really. Good thing I'm here. Let me just <laughs> speak my piece first, since I only have the one thing to talk about. <laughs> I mean, it's good. It's good. It, it's good. <laughs> Your piece. It's it good. Basically. It is still 
dumb action bullshit. But it showed that it actually has a little bit more under the surface than just punchy punch. Because episode four had this whole story about um, Mira, who's the, the female character, and, and a, a story that she went through. And it was actually more than just punchy punch. There wasn't actually much punchy punch in that episode. It was more character driven, which is surprising because I wasn't expecting that from this show of all things. Um, and then there was not really a twist, but more so like a shocking event at the end that kind of changed the whole, the whole layout and a future of the show. And I'm really interested to see where it goes because we're going back into punchy punch territory, but now everything's different. Oh shit. People have grudges and they are out for blood. That's how you make good, uh, that's how you make a good tournament arc though. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. That's really how you do it. Uh, Josh, uh, you haven't been here since the beginning of the, since last season. So this I is haven't. a new season. Yeah, so this is a new season. Uh, what are you watching this season? See, unlike Shane, who doesn't keep his promises, oh, hey, guys, I'm going to watch everything this season. <laughs> then you, watch what? Can, you can suck my entire ass, dude. I have been watching a few things. I'll start with easily the greatest of the entire season and the greatest of the entire year. That's ReZero. Mm. Oh yeah, ReZero. Yeah. Easily, easily the greatest show this season. And easily so far the greatest show this year. You can go fuck right off, Shane. I know you're gonna say Azakin, but go fuck yourself. <laughs> well that's the considering you haven't answer, watched but... ReZero considering you me... haven't even watched ReZero. Exactly. I mean I don't have to because Azakin. <laughs> Damn. Anyway, and especially episode four was. I have not seen episode four yet. I've seen one to three. Um. So I episode have... four, I will say, is the greatest episode of the entire series so I've far. S- I've seen comparisons to the. Uh, I've seen. I've seen in terms of uh, like in terms of the emotional stuff. I've I've seen comparisons to the Rem confession from season one, and that's given me. A lot of excitement. This beats the, This takes the Rem confession and kicks it in the fucking teeth. Oh, wait, 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 like sec, this... wait a sec. Who? <laughs> yeah, who? I don't know, dude. I don't know. I, were we I having a fever dream there? About. Were we just having a fever dream there? I think so. But no, I think honestly, it was like a collective this, ep- fever dream. This, this episode on terms of emotional impact punches you in the gut and then simultaneously just punches you right in the jaw and knocks you out. I was crying like a little baby. That's how good it wow, was. Wow, you have emotions? That's new. Wow. Yeah, I know, right? Fuck, and like, then, first time I've seen it. Other things I'm watching this season, uh, Fire Force. I've only seen the first two episodes cause yeah, because the dub is... <clears throat> yeah, the dub's delayed, of course, but... Yes. The first two episodes were great, though. Really cool. Mm-hmm. And I've seen some uh, stuff from... Uh, Episode four in particular looks real good. It was storyboarded by um the director himself. Uh, Arthur's story was really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. it yeah, actually yeah. made me a little sad. That was little little tear rolled down my eye. A tear oh, yeah. droplet. The droplet. Uh, and then I'm also watching Rent a Girlfriend, which is like <laughs> the only reason I'm watching it now is for 
the main girl, Cheeseru. Like, she's the Chizuru, only reason why I'm yeah. watching it. Yeah. Cheeseru's all over my fucking yeah. time. I've heard, mixed things. I've heard mixed things about Rent-A-Girlfriend. Some people have told me it's really good. Some people have told me it's really <laughs> bad. So I don't know. It's I. Yeah, it's I. It's like, it's... Josh, it's, it's Josh is the middleman. <laughs> so, so the no, I love that when it comes to divisive uh, stuff. It's like you'll watch it if you like. Okay, I'm either gonna love this, I hate this. You come back feeling nothing. You're like, well, I guess I'm the least interesting person to talk about. Take it, it, was, well, take it from I, the guy I guess who's I like spent 24 minutes doing that. <laughs> take it from the romance guy himself. It's tight. It's tight. It's tight. Mm-hmm. And then the other I, show, though. Yeah. There's one other show this season that is not it. It's amazing. And that is Uzaki-chan oh, wants to hang Uzaki. out. Oh, Uzaki-chan. You... Here's the best way I can explain Uzaki. Take Gabriel Dropout. Don't toy with me, Miss Nagatoro. And Teasing Master Tagi-san, put it all in a blender, and that's what you get. Ah, it's okay. Kicked out. It's amazing. It's it's amazing. It's adorable. Mm-hmm. It's great. I'll definitely have it's to really check it great. out. It's really good. It's really good, dude. Mm-hmm. All right. Is and that's about it, though. Yeah, that's about it? All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The see, small season because of the fucking... Because of COVID. Next season will be much bigger. I know... Uh, if if if, uh, if people... If, I think you that, know, shit, if shit stays there, of course. I think we can all say that the big season will be winter. We're going to have a lot to cover yeah, come winter. winter. Yeah, winter next year is going to be some. Oh, it's going to be real huge. It's going uh, to be massive. Like we have some of the biggest names in winter. Yeah, absolutely. We have yeah. Slime and Neverland. We have ReZero, Dog Horizon, Doctor Stone. Quintessential Quintuplets for me. Yeah, Eurocamp. Eurocamp too. No, no, Bioria's coming back too. Yeah, like we have a lot of huge ones. Yeah, I'm also excited of... for the um, Setakayaku Indomo movie. Yeah, and a couple of there's a couple of original stuff from like high end directors there too. So like this, but fucking... this is a big winter is going to be huge. Yeah, mm-hmm. fucking. Uh, but yeah, so let's uh, let's move on to uh, yeah, let's move on to manga because uh, with Simul Pubs. Shane, is there anything you want to talk about with Simul Pubs? <laughs> They were on break last week, so I have nothing. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, they were on break. Uh, they they will be back this week, mm-hmm. um, including chapter nine eighty six of One Piece, which, according to Oda's editor, made him cry. <laughs> made him cry, so, and we're in for a treat. And the scooper and the scoopers are talking about it, typing it up, talking about how amazing it is. Apparently, so <laughs> I am. If it's no. not nine fifty six levels. I am going to be disappointed, but I will if still it is, probably it, love it. The, the thing is about One Piece is that it's probably really good. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> fuck it. Uh, so, the thing is, is that, yeah, there's nothing to talk about. Oh, the manga was on break last week, and due to the way we recorded fucking last episode, we literally have zero manga to talk about. Yeah. So Unless we... Josh is reading something that he wants to talk about. Yeah. I'm literally just reading the same stuff I always do. Komi Nagatoro, um, dress up my darling, and we no- uh, we never learn is uh, about to. F- I can talk about that real quick. They're about to oh, finish sh- the Furuhashi arc. Yeah, and I love her. Ah, she's right. she's precious. Still she not deserves best girl. 
Go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, no. and then the movie. And now, who's the person they're doing after that? Uh, uh, I believe it's the purple-haired girl, the senpai, and then I think the yeah. teacher is last. Ah, uh, okay. Kiryu's uh, senpai. Yeah, I just care <laughs> about. Fur- I just care. Listen, man, I just care about Furashi. All right, uh, all right. So yeah, I don't have anything to talk about. Everything was on break, so so I can't. It's like I can't talk about anything. All my monthly manga did not have anything. So like I just there was zero manga, so it was just frustrating because I was like, I want to read something. Jokes on you. There's nothing to read. <laughs> don't don't, don't you love that idiot? Don't. It was like the. It was like I. It's like it's it's like what am I gonna do? Read a new manga. No. <laughs> who does that? Fucking. Yeah, why don't really start something new? <laughs> Instead, I'm just gonna read the same shit that I've always read. Instead, I'll just do what I always do. I'll just rewatch something. <laughs> That's what I do. It's like, yo, I could watch this new anime and experience a new story, or I could rewatch this one series for the fifth time. Let's, Let's do go that. back to Sabo Odi boys. <laughs> Although you know, I will say, uh, Comey is that artist man. He's putting out some really, really great character artwork for her, mm-hmm. and I love it. Yep. Like, will, god will, damn! Will Comey get an anime? That is the immortal question. That's the Probably that's not. the piping hot question. Because it was picked up by Viz. Well, that doesn't manga, mean anything. Yeah, the manga is owned by Viz. All of them are. Oh. Like. Yeah. Well, Viz. let's pray to God it gets an, uh, an anime because, you know, I fucking love her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would sell my kidney for her. It was voted this year uh, as the uh, as the most wanted anime adaptation from the Japanese audience, so people want it in Japan, so Damn. that's probably a good sign. But then again, fucking... Uh, uh, but then again, uh, fucking Crossbone Gundam was that for like three years, and that got... Z- Jack and shit, so it doesn't fucking matter. Um, yeah. All we can do nothing is nothing matters. Everyone's gonna die. Just give up. <laughs> All we can do is pray. At least Nagatoro got an anime. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah at least. All right. So let's move on to let's move on to news. We only have two pieces of news. Wow. Um, only two pieces of news. It was kind of a dead. It was kind of a dead. That's a lot of news. news. Stacked week. <laughs> It's stacked week. Absolutely. So stacked. Like, we're going to be here, guys. We're going to be here for at least like five minutes. We heard from the president of anime himself. <laughs> the CEO of anime has <laughs> fucking contacted me directly and said, yo, you got so much news. You're going to break your fucking podcast. Like you are going to have a six hour long podcast you the thought the year-end awards were long you ain't seen nothing yet <laughs> year-end awards are gonna look like baby shit this is like the big this is the big kahuna the <laughs> the, the you talking to me my mother's sp- lasagna spaghetti alfredo <laughs> as most goodness. japanese people eat yeah, yes, obviously. Um, so yeah, let's be on, go on to the news. You remember that? You remember the Uzumaki anime that was announced yeah. like a couple, like I want to say like a year ago? It was I last do. anime expo, so it was a, yeah, a year ago. Like about a year ago, like around like, like August of 2019. Well, it's been delayed. 
Um, <laughs> so, so let's feed on it. Adult stream be adult swim adult stream adult, adult swim begins stream. <laughs> adult, adult swim began streaming a teaser video on Sunday for the anime of Junji Ito's Uzumaki horror manga. The video is the same as the video streamed in August 2019, but the description reveal on the video reveals the anime will debut will now debut in 2021. The anime was previously slated to debut in August in, in October 2020 of this year. Uh, Adult Swim is also streaming a 13 uh, minute interview with director Hiroshi Nakahama. Both the teaser and the interview also aired on Toonami as part of Toonami's panel at the Adult Swim Con digital event. The four episode miniseries will premiere on Toonami. It was legislated to debut on Toonami before defeat in Japan. It's currently unclear if that is the case. After the delay to 2021, the direct, uh, Hiroshi Nagahama, who directed Mushishi, is directing the miniseries at Studio Drive. Production ID USA and Dolph Swim are co-producing the anime. And Colin Stetson, who did the music for Hereditary, is composing the music. Huh? Uh, <laughs> Excuse me? Okay. So, Shane, uh, Hereditary, Don't make me huh? Hereditary. <laughs> Don't make me. You have the Blu-ray though. You can do it. I at know because it's a it's a good ass movie. But please don't make me go through that again. <laughs> the music of that movie is uh scary. <laughs> yeah, especially and... when Charlie's head goes flying off. Right. <laughs> Spoilers for people who have not seen Hereditary. That uh, movie's like two years old. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, fucking. Uh, but in any case, uh. Hered- uh, but uh, yeah, um, I'm excited for hereditary. Yeah. <laughs> hereditary. I'm actually excited for Uzumaki though. Uh, I fucking yeah. It looks uh, like it looks like a quality adaptation. Yeah, I good. saw the teaser and it looked dope. Um, and that's the art style they're gonna use for it apparently. Um, so I'm really excited for it. Uh, hopefully it was going to premiere in uh, in October as part of like a Halloween thing for Adult yeah, Swim. Yeah, I'm, would... I'm disappointed that it's missing the Halloween window. I feel, <laughs> like, Understandable. I feel like that COVID did this. I feel like this is a COVID thing. Uh, because... COVID. Well, because we hadn't heard shit about it prior to uh, prior to this. So, it's just a shame it's not happening. Um, as It's yeah. not... Uh, it's a shame, but you know. But I'll definitely be checking it out when it hits. It's only four four episode adaptation. Let's go. Yeah, like it's a mini series. Yeah, small little mini series. I'm excited. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's oh, IG actually, working on it. So oh, it's IG. It's te- it's it's te- studio. It's technically Studio Drive. Uh, who, um, it's technically Studio Drive. Who, uh, fuck it. I'm gonna check what they did because the they. Uh, apparently not much. Uh, okay, I can't find anything on them. Nice. I was gonna say, what? Who the fuck is Studio Drive? Yeah. <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. Fucking. Uh, uh, I'll need the uh, because I'm about. Uh, uh, I because um I'm about to check. Uh, they did nothing else outside of this. They're new. Um, so this is their first official production. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, That's although, not concerning at all. Yeah. Uh but no, but at the th- but the well the thing is production IDs working on I'm I'm okay. my guess, my guess is honestly is that they're probably IGP it's an IG suit off shoot off because IG has like a bunch of other company like stuff like IG has connections to f- they own Studio Wit. So yeah. they have a so they have a bunch of fucking 
smaller studios that they also they got own. that clout, man. Yeah, so it's probably it's probably another offshoot of uh, production IG. Oh, and yeah, and the show will be in black and white, so that would be cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which is good. Uh, yeah, it is good. Which black and white is inherently creepy. Uh, so especially with something like Uzumaki. Uzumaki getting Naruto that. Uzumaki. Let's move. Data bio. Data bio. Data bio. Yeah, let's move on. Um, our last piece of news is about Crunchyroll and Sentai. Um, specifically, oh, they broke that, up. <laughs> that, yeah, they, it's, Crunchyroll has removed seventy-seven Sentai Filmworks titles off of their service. Rip. Um, uh, Crunchyroll announced on Thursday that it will remove 77 titles from its service on Saturday, August 1st, which is tomorrow as we're recording this. Sunday Filmworks holds the license to all of these titles. I'm not going to name every single title they got rid of because there just, is... Just name the big ones because there's a couple big ones in there. Uh, some of the big ones include... Uh, some, of the, uh, some of the big ones include uh, Devil Survivor 2, um, Flip Flappers, uh, Glass Lip... Uh, Goes beyond the wasteland. Humanity has declined. Uh, f- fucking. Uh, I saw Shirobako uh, on that list. Uh, Shirobako's getting out. Uh, Shirobako's going. Rosen Maiden's going. Rail Wars is going. Uh, Nobunaga uh, Fool's going. Uh, engaged to the Unidentified. Yeah, Engaged to Unidentified. <laughs> Nakaimo. Uh, <laughs> uh, fucking a couple. A couple of others. Uh, so yeah, they're they're getting rid of a lot of their titles. I don't know if this officially means that they've broken up or not. Oh, Sakura Trek is going to. Um, I don't know. That... Just it's probably just the licenses for these shows were expiring, and they decided to just not renew them. Yeah, because they're they still have a partnership. They're still airing like new simulcast together. So yeah, I don't think it's like a full breakup, like the Funimation thing. Yeah. Definitely not. A few uh, someone put yeah, someone said in the in the in the messages for the in like an update for this that just to note a lot of these are going out expired not just for Crunchyroll but also for Sentai um a lot of these are expiring at least for Sentai whether or not they pick them they renew them is up to Sentai I suspect they will I would hope they would because that's a lot of shit that goes from high dive if they don't yeah I feel like the I think some of the bigger ones like Shibako Flip Flappers uh fucking engaged to the unidentified i think all of those are gonna like some of the bigger ones are gonna stay the smaller Mm -hmm. ones they might be fucked um so that's unfortunate uh to anyone who had wanted to watch any of these 77 shows prior to this uh you now have to go to i look through the list and i didn't recognize like 90% 90% of them, so... A lot of them are, like, lesser-known stuff, which Sentai... Pick, uh, lesser-known stuff. Uh, lesser-known harem stuff, which is what Sentai has a lot of. Uh, uh-huh. So... Yeah. So, to be fair, though, if anyone wanted to watch them, now is your chance to, like, make sure to do it on high dive now, so that way you don't... <laughs> you, you don't have to worry about it just not existing by the time yeah, that you want... disappearing. Yeah, so watch it as quickly as you can uh, before it heads off, possibly into the land known as the unlicensed hell. Uh, I miss I miss Funimation and Crunchyroll being together. Like mom and mom and dad have been broken up for a while. So here's the thing: Um, dad got remarried to Aniplex, and now we're getting a bunch of shit from them. So yeah, Yeah. Aniplex is a cool stepmom. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, Andy Plyce was cool. We're about to get fucking Hunter Hunter on Funimation too. Do you know that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, Funimation's been doing pretty good. Yeah, we've uh, been getting fun- a lot of good shit lately, man. Fucking, they're not getting all Hunter Hunter by the way. They're only getting up the Green Island. So what Netflix yeah, has? Yeah, it's only the it's stuff good. that Netflix has. Yeah, which why I don't know, but whatever. Don't know. Um, At least it's not a Netflix jail. It's like so okay, dumb. if you were if you were gonna <laughs> do that, you could at least have the entire show up subbed and then the seventy-five episodes that they gave to Netflix dubbed. But, the, but the, I don't but understand I don't... why. Yeah, but I also don't get the fact that the matter is is that like fucking like okay it's only the first 75 dub and sub it's like well they don't have the rest the rest of the show is dubbed so like it there's is. no but this <laughs> hasn't so... licensed it out to anyone else so do you think they will at some point probably but yeah. not for a while i mean they have like all the they have all of naruto and naruto shippuden and bleach and all that other like stuff licensed out dubbed fully dubbed and ready to go I don't know why they can't do the same with uh, fucking Hunter Hunter, but well, actually, no, they have. I th- it's fucking the du- the dubs on full and on Hulu. They have the on Hulu in full dub. So, hmm. So it's licensing. literally just it's literally just Hulu. Um, Good old it's, licensing. It's literally just Viz being dumb. So wonderful. Good to know that Viz has not changed at all. Um. Who's worse? So here's a real here's a real question. Who's worse, Viz or Kodansha? Absolutely, Kodansha. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Kodansha can fuck right off. Um, They just want money. (laughs) The yeah, they just want all that good old cash. Um, Fucking. uh, But yeah, let's move on to. But I think we're done with news because that's all we have. Uh, So. Let's move on to our featured anime of the podcast, which is one that I, which is one I'm very excited to cover. It is a show that won a bunch of our end of year awards when the year came out of 20, uh, 2018. It was my pick for be- it was my winner for best art, and it was Shane's winner for best art, best insert song, and best best score. Uh, so three, um, and it is Megalobox. Directed by Yo Mori, uh, Moriyama and written by Katsuhiko Manabe and Kensaku Kojima. Uh, it aired for 13 episodes from April 6th, 2018 to June 29th, 2018. And it's currently licensed by Viz Media. And you can go watch it uh, le- uh, for streaming on Crunchyroll as well as Netflix. Uh, and, nef- and if you wish to watch it in dub, it is on Netflix in dub. Uh, so go there. And check that out. Megalobox takes place in the un, in an unspecified amount of time in the future, where there is a new popular sport known as megaloboxing. It's basically boxing, but instead of just being normal boxing, they have these big exoskeletons that they put onto their bodies to make their punches more powerful, faster, and make everything more violent. Joe, uh, the main character, is Junk Dog. Um, later known as Joe, uh, who's an underground megaloboxer. He and then uh, who fight? You no, know, who fights? You no, know, who pretty much fights for? You know, pretty much fights for cats for his coats against Saku in fixed matches. One day he picks a fight with his, you know, with a very uh, a top ranked megaloboxer known as Yuri, who has a me- exoskeleton literally grafted to his skin. Uh, no, uh. 
no, Yuri, you know, he fight, no, him and Yuri fight where Yuri beats him, but, no, but tells him to fight him in Mega, in Megalonia, which is the, no, no, which is the big Megalobox tournament that's held once a year. And now, and now Junk Dog, with the help of his coach, needs to beat the odds, get to Megalonia, and prove to the world that even he can be the world's best Megaloboxer. Megalobox is a anniversary show for Ashido no Joe, which is one of the most famous and popular uh, sports manga ever written and ever made. Uh, it is an absolute classic, and this had a, this had a lot to prove uh, when going into it. Um, Shane. What do you love about Megalobox? Because I fucking love this show. Well, based on what Matt said before his introduction, mm-hmm. uh, it won three awards for me in 2018, the year it aired. And it was also my runner-up for Anime of the Year that year. So I'm a little biased towards the show. And... Rightly so, because Megalobox is fucking incredible. <laughs> Every single aspect of the show is so expertly crafted and executed. Honestly, the, the sheer quality of the show is insane, and it is immediate from the moment it starts. You can tell this is something special. And Matt and I talked about this mm-hmm. as I was rewatching it for this podcast. It could have just been dumb punchy punch boxing anime it really could have it could have been all style no substance Mm -hmm. and it does have that in spades the style is something so unique and that i've never seen any anime try to replicate Mm -hmm. but it also has tons of thematic depth it has such profound things to say about such topics as gambling underground fighting rigs uh you know overcoming adversity survivor's guilt war like it has so many things that it wants to say and it does it so well because it could have been just dumb punchy punch but it has and i think i told this to you matt we were talking about it in side chat i think this is the perfect example of style and substance where one doesn't outweigh the other because it has the substance to back up the style and the style helps pronounce what it's trying to say and I, I love every aspect of the show. Writing, characters, direction, visuals, music. Holy shit. Mon, it, uh, Mon Rana, I think that who did the music for it. Fucking can't pronounce his name, but he fucking just went off, dude. He uh, fucking popped off, man. <laughs> it, the show's great. Show, I love it. Mm-hmm. Perfect show. Fucking, oh, yeah. I don't even have to talk about it, but we will. We yeah, will. In, in, yeah, in depth. Uh, now, Josh had not seen Megalobox prior to this, but he has finally checked out Megalobox. Josh, what did you think of Megalobox? This show's fucking rad, dude. It's right? so fucking rad, right? This show's fucking rad, dude. Like, this, this is like, you like fucking punchy punch shit? This has got punchy punch in spades. You like story? You like plot you like depth it's got this shit man art you like yeah well-defined characters you like fucking music you like fucking music that gets you hyped to punch shit you like rapping yo it does you like extremely well-defined and well-depth characters Mm -hmm. this show's got it in spades (laughs) 
Uh, this, yeah. this shit, this shit good. Yeah, this shit real good. <laughs> shit real good. This shit so good. Uh, I watched this, sh- like Shane, I watched the show when it was first airing, and I remember distinctly, I watched the first episode, I was about to watch the first episode, I was like, okay, I've never seen a season of Joe, so I was like, I don't have any emotional attachment to this franchise, so I can't, so I'm just gonna go in completely blind, and fucking just see what, it, see what, see how, and then see how, see what they want to do. I watched the first episode. After it was done, immediately was like, and and it was immediately floored uh, by it. And even after rewatching it for the podcast, I'm still floored. I think it's ab- one. I think it's honestly one of the best sports anime of the past decade. Um, it's one of the best action series of the past decade, and it's also easily one of the best looking anime of the past couple years. It looks amazing. The animation is consistently fluid, stunning to look at, and the way they and the, and the way that they're so effort, that they so effortlessly uh, homage like old school anime from the '90s. This looks like something that you could watch on Toonami, like in the year 2000, alongside like Cowboy Bebop and Dragon mm-hmm. Ball Z. And I wouldn't have. And I would, and I would have fucking believed you. But it's still got its own look of modernity to it too. Yeah, it does. It's definitely it's got that good mix of modern and uh, homage that makes it a, such a unique looking series. And I love, and I just love the look of it. I think it looks great. I think it looks absolutely. I, I think that like that's the big thing about it that makes it so great is the fact that there's clearly a lot of care put into how this show looks to replicate the feeling of an older anime, and that mm-hmm. also extends to its soundtrack, which is which is also oh. like a mix, which is a mix of modern while also feeling distinctly old school in how it's utilized. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got the care the this the, the the characters are all fucking great. Um, mm-hmm. The story is the story is not anything particularly bland, brand new but it's uh, brand new like we've seen stories like this before the underground like the, the but you don't need a, <coughs> you don't need a story to be brand new you just need to yeah find ways to reinvigorate it and the way they did that was reinvigorated it with its characters yeah they did and there's a lot of really unique characters and the fact of the man and i love how it does also and this is probably my favorite thing about it that the favorite thing about it that y'all both of you haven't been up. This is a show that takes full advantage of the fact that it's in a futuristic sci-fi setting. One hundred percent. I cannot. This is a show that I can't. That does not work unless it's in this particular setting, and that yes. makes it great. Um, like, and I think that is the kind that, and that is our one, and that is the big reason why I think it works. It's 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 a it's a series that works on pretty much every level and it's very difficult to find anything in it that doesn't work so shane with that let's pick a try to pick a favorite episode if you can this this was tough like after every episode past episode two i was like Mm -hmm. okay that's the best episode no wait that one is wait this one wait wait this one this one nope nope no it's this one oh no like two four five six eight Nine, Just, ten. Can I, pick, can I pick all of them? <laughs> you have to pick one. Okay, if I'm gonna pick one definitive episode that I think is the best the show has to offer, it's episode eleven. Episode eleven. Oh, this one, yeah. This is. Mm-hmm. 
the lead up to Joe's first match in Megalonia, when the big twist is revealed that the whole thing was set up by Nanbu and Fujimaki from the get-go, they never intended Joe to actually win at Megalonia, because in Nanbu's words, it was going to be the biggest fixed match in history. And we're going to talk about Nanbu later. Oh, we are going to talk about him. <laughs> but... I think yeah. this is really his defining moment. This is the climax of his character arc because he's always been a character up until this point that's been so complex because he's been divided between his loyalty to Joe and trying to save his own ass. He's been split right down the middle the whole time. He was never sure if they would get this far. And once they started winning and progressing, he was like, maybe we can actually do this. But much like they say in the show several times, a scorpion will always be a scorpion. Mm -hmm. And that's Nambu's character in a nutshell is no matter what good intentions he has, he will always be a scorpion until he takes out his fucking eye (laughs) in a moment of selflessness so that he can break free from Fujimaki and let Joe live out his dream. And it's in terms of like emotional highs, this, this episode is the absolute best in the entire show. It's yeah. so good. Yeah, it's that episode eleven is great. Uh, Nambu, dude, Nambu, fucking just when he did that was fucking great. Uh, Josh, which is your favorite episode? Okay, so I had the same problem as Shane, where every episode is like, okay, this is best. No, 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 never mind. This one's okay. No, no, now this one's up. Oh, well, fuck me. This one's the best. <laughs> However, there was one episode that stuck with me after I watched it as my favorite and that is episode 6 Ooh. Argaki man episode oh, so Argaki was, was such an amazing character the fight was so well choreographed and so well animated and the whole story between Argaki this is when Nambu finally started thinking oh shit Joe might actually be able to do this mm-hmm Oh shit! Joe's doing this. Oh Aragaki shit! Is such a great character. Aragaki was such a great counter to Joe. Yeah, because he had the backstory of being Nambu's previous student, and the story behind Aragaki is really sad. You know, goes out to war, loses his fucking legs, and he's like, "Well, fuck! I can't box anymore." This is and then one of he's those like, profound things that the show had to say. Like Shane was, that I if Shane was talking about, play. if Shane was talking about emotional highs, mm-hmm. this is an absolute emotional low. Because mm-hmm. we see that Aragaki tried to kill himself. That yeah. scene, by the way, on rewatch is so uncomfortable. Yeah, like, I could, I, I almost had to like pause it and walk away for a second. Mm-hmm. But this, uh, it, it was it, just. It, Fuck, man. It is such a vis. It's a visceral scene. Like, it is a very, very visceral scene. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. so accurate, too. Like, stuff like that happens all the time. And no one especially really talks for, about it. Well, especially for people who go to war. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, veterans. They see stuff. shit that can't be unseen. Yeah. Like, PTSD survivors kill. He lost his fucking legs. Mm hmm. And it's a. I love that episode. I love that. It's episode. a great. It is a great episode. Yeah. Uh, 
that, that that was almost my pick, but I had to go with the. But I have to go like nothing into me. Nothing is better than a good finale, and I have to give it to episode thirteen, "Born to Die," because the die. finale to the the finale of this series is honestly one of the best. Is one of the best final mm-hmm. episodes in a I've seen in a while because it because like it gives you everything you need from a finale. It gives you. Uh, the con- like great the, the, you see the conflict between Joe and Yuri finally come to a head all the character arcs are wrapped up in a satisfying way the show does the smart thing and the most of the episode is dedicated to wrap up which I think is very mm-hmm. a very good decision uh, uh, the decision to make the to make the outcome of what happened at the final fight to the very end is quite frankly great because honestly at that point by that point who won the fight didn't really matter uh what really what mattered was the fact that joe was able to get there and he also changed yuri for the better in the process i say i i want to say i love the dynamic between yuri and joe yeah there's no hatred or anything Mm -hmm. they just love boxing yeah, it's two people who just love boxing and may have a rivalry at the start, but by the end of the series, there's a mutual respect for each other that is reflected in the fact that Yuri literally took off his, like, had to surgically remove his own enhancements uh, just enhancements. so he can evenly fight Joe. Just so he can evenly fight Joe, and he re- because he realized that you don't need the. You, he you don't need gear to prove yourself, it's all skill. Yeah. It's all skill, and I love the mo- and I love the final text box. Like after you learn, like it just it just lets you know that Gillis Joe won, and that's how it ends. And I was just yep. like, that is exact. And that's quite honestly, I I know they're doing another season of this. I kind after we watching it, I kind of don't want them to. I kind of hope. No, I- it, it ends on such an amazing note. Yeah. I was like, I know that I was like, I know that if they do another season, it will probably be great. But at the same time, I cause I kind of want Megalobox to stand on its own as like a spec this great thirteen episode, just series that just has an amazing ending. And I, that's why I mm-hmm. give it to episode thirteen. Just it was just every all the entire show just came to a cli- like a great climax, and everything just worked every and it brought all of the other episodes up with it because you realize that those episodes were actually leading to something meaningful and that is always great i Um, also i also love how this episode uses bait and switch in like a really interesting way because there's the final punch and we don't see the ending of the match and then just hard cuts to someone being uh, carted away with a catheter, and someone's like really injured. We don't know who it is, but Yuri is mm-hmm. monologuing over. So we're like, "Oh fuck! Well, like, what happened to Yuri? Is it is is he hurt? Did he die?" And then it just cuts to one year later, and we mm-hmm. see neither Joe nor Yuri. And it's like, <clears throat> wait, what? What happened to them? And yeah, then we, we don't see them for a little bit, and it, it it starts to like sink in your head, like, "Oh, something happened." But then, oh, wait, Yuri's alive. He's just paralyzed now. And it's like, oh, okay, but then where's Joe? And then it cuts to the... It cuts to the the mechanic yes, shop from the, the beginning. gas station, yeah. Yeah, and he just walks out, and Joe isn't sitting there. And it's like, wait, uh-huh. did Joe die? But then, no, Joe's fine. It's like, oh, okay. 
Yeah, because it plays with the like. I know a bit about Asuna no Joe. The I know what I, this is referencing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah I know the ending to Asuna no Joe specifically, which is the one thing that everybody pretty much, which is the one thing that's referenced for Asuna no Joe that most people know. Uh, so I knew kind of going in. I was like, I don't know. So I was like, I don't know how they're gonna do that um, because it's it's the kind of thing where. It's been re- it's like it was famous when it first happened, and it's it's still emotionally impactful. But it's been referenced, parodied, and like made fun of so many times since then that it's lost a lot of impact. So, I lo- but the way they did the ending to this show is plays on your and the way it plays on your expectations is really smart and intelligent and it's a great way to do it and i absolutely and i do love the fact that like you don't see joe to like the very last bit and then when you do see joe it's almost kind of like you just want to jump up and go like hell yeah like he did it Mm -hmm. um so yeah it's just it's just great uh speaking of characters there's a lot of great characters in this show josh who's your favorite character of the show so I've talked to Shane with this. It's going to be actually different from you, too. Mm-hmm. My favorite character is Joe. Joe? All yes. right. My favorite character is Joe. I know Nambu is a great character, but Joe is just so fucking cool, man. He's got that drive. He's fucking... He's so cool. He's the underdog. Joe is, like, the perfect protagonist. Like, he, he has is. everything you want in a good main character. He really is. He's actually, like, one of my favorites in the show, too. Like, he's just such a great protagonist. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, just, he's still fucking cool, man. Yeah, he's cool. He's collected. <laughs> he has... Uh, he's got a lot of badass one-liners, and I love oh, that. Yeah. And uh, fucking Kaiji Tang does a great job. Great, oh, we'll, great, great we'll, job of... We'll yeah. talk about the dub. Yeah, but both nah, the, uh, Joe both the is, have a great here, so... Throughout the entire show, <coughs> Joe was a constant. Because mm-hmm. he had people like Nambu who would go through their changes. Mm-hmm. He had all the other characters around him, but Joe was fucking constant. He wanted one thing, and that was to win. Mm-hmm. And he got what he wanted. Mm-hmm. He fucking won. He did. He fucking yeah. He fucking won. Shane, I think we might agree. I think we might agree, Matt. Okay. Because my pick for favorite character, the absolute in my eyes best character the show has to offer, it's Pops himself, Gonsaku Nanbu. Close, but he's not my pick either. Fuck. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, so Damn, I love Nambu though. I love Nambu though. So here's yes, the thing: Nambu is a great character. In the spectrum of Megalobots characters, I don't think any other character comes close to having the complexity that Nambu has. He starts off the show as this really shady underground trader who would be willing to sacrifice his only student if it would get him out of debt. But then as the show progresses and as he starts tapping into his his slimy personality, trying to, you know, sneak his way past things that he doesn't want to deal with, he starts to realize, wait, we might have a chance at something here. I know this was a bluff, but we could make something of this. 
And then he starts to actually become a proper trainer, encouraging Joe to get better, teaching him new techniques. And then they form this little team, basically all around Nanbu. Nanbu is the one who brought all these people together. And as the as things progress, he starts to believe in Joe more and more. He's like, you know what? We could actually do this. We can get out from under Fujimaki. We can be free. And then it comes back around, and it's revealed that, oh, this was rigged from the beginning. Neither yeah. Nanbu nor Fujimaki intended Joe to ever win a Megalo, uh, Megalonia. It was all a scam, just like everything else in Nanbu's life. And he even says it himself. Like, I've been scamming people my whole life. I can't back out now. And just seeing that dichotomy between tender, caring pops who wants to see Joe succeed and actually wants to, you know, nurture him as a fighter and the slimy underbelly, the, the, the underground scam artist who just wants to get out of debt and save his own ass. Seeing those two sides clash... And then coming to a head in episode 11, when he gives up his eye for Joe so that they can be free. And they're like, you know what? We're done living for other people. It's time to live our lives in the moment right now. And he gives up. I think Fujimaki even says it himself. The one person who wanted to see the kid fight the champion at the finals of Megalonia gave up his only chance to do so. And it was for Joe. And it's like, that's such a selfless moment. It's honestly my favorite moment in the show because it shows just how far Nambu has come as a person. And I don't think anyone else in the show comes even close to the amount of complexity and depth that Nambu has. And when I first watched the show, Nambu was absolutely, at the beginning, my least favorite character because it's like, he's just kind of an asshole. <laughs> he's just like, okay, do what I say. Don't have a mind of your own. Don't have dreams. This is about survival. But then by the end, I'm like, yeah, there's no other character. I like, I can't pick anyone else. It's Nambu, plain and simple. Mm. Uh, my, uh, I, I, uh, Joe and Nambu were in my uh, were up there for me, and ones that I w would love to go with. I also really love Sachio too, the little kid that they befriend. I think he's one of the major reasons why the show works because of his the heart with his character is one of the more important emotional through lines particularly near the end because mm -hmm. uh, uh that rap though um that rap that rap uh but my favorite character is yuri um yeah yeah i can see that i love yuri i think what makes yuri fascinating is that Unlike a lot of rival characters, Yuri has no, Yuri. There's a lot of time devoted to Yuri's own internal dilemmas and whether or not, uh, and his own personal demons uh, in Megalobox. Because uh, he is pretty much because because while Joe's basically fighting for himself, Yuri's not really fighting for himself or anybody at all. He's fighting for a corporation. He's pretty much just a uh, he's pretty much just a figurehead for whatever fucking gear that the that the uh, that the Sirasho group wants to fucking promote, and you get to see Yuri throughout the series basically become his own fighter, pretty much. And I love and because of Joe, and 
I think you know, what makes Yuri. Fa- the, I mean, Yuri and Joe's relationship is already fascinating and one of the best mm-hmm. parts of the series. But him on his own is also really great. Like he's just a he's a great character, and he's really and I and I've always I always found his parts some of the more interesting stuff that also took advantage of the fact that it was set in the future. Like his story arc is all about his rejection of like the current gears of the gear system and stuff, and it's great. And I love and I and, I, and you know and you no know, and his fights with Joe are my favorite fights in the show. So yeah. there's that. So. You know, so Yuri is yeah. So Yuri is my favorite character of the series. Now, when it, now with a favorite must always come a least favorite. Shane, you were agonizing a bit over this, but who's your least favorite character of the show? <laughs> I don't know. Can I possibly offer an out for both of you? What is the out? The store shop owner in episode three. He's a dickhead. Yeah, he's a dickhead. Yeah, fuck, fuck that guy. He sold drugs to the kids, tried to kill a kid. So, like, fuck him. He's the worst character. Easy peasy. Because, yeah, like, literally everyone else in the show... Like, I was originally going to say Mikio, but then he calmed the fuck down in, like, episode yeah, 9 I was, and 10. I was going to say Mikio, too. But then and he then helped he out sh- Yuri, and I was like, oh. He helped out yeah, Yuri, but- and he has a fucking cottage? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he got and then he gets he gets cool. So I know I was like, oh damn I, it, I can't choose him. I was also I was gonna like, say, f- what? Yeah, cool. I was gonna be like Aragaki at first, but I was like, damn it, not Aragaki. No, no Aragaki cool fucking rules. Um, yeah, Aragaki, even when he was even Aragaki when I first met him, I was like, oh, you're gonna be interesting. Like I fucking always like just fuck that store shop owner. Yeah, yeah I was also going to say potentially fujimaki because he is the reason why everything bad happens to team nowhere he's yeah but leader. he's just a he's but, he's a gang boss he has to yeah but he he's also a great antagonist and he serves his role so well mm-hmm. that yeah. yeah you can't blame him for what he does yeah yeah, he just, so yeah you know what agree. i agree i agree with josh fuck the, pawn shop shop owner. Owner. the pawn shop owner can go fuck off he is the worst character in megalobar nice and easy children tried to stab a child <laughs> he can like, just go eat a dick. Yeah, he can go eat a dick. Um, let's talk about the dub for the show because the dub for the show is very good. Holy Ooh. fuck, man! What a yeah. dub! Yeah, Shane just watched it, rewatched it in dub. That's one of the major reasons he picked this. I yes, yes. I went back and forth on this a lot, and I even when I um. I tweeted out about my rewatch, and I said, I'm not going to call it perfect, but this is one of the best dubs I've heard in a long time. And you know what? Fuck it. 13 episodes later, I'm going to say it. It's a perfect dub. There's nothing wrong with it. Absolutely zero nope. things wrong with this dub. Like This is like this is like full metal quality level of dub. Every like- single character, every single actor gives a hell of a performance even if they're side characters they knock it out of the park and mm-hmm. every single yeah. character in my opinion is casted flawlessly yeah we it's have so good kaiji tang as joe it was it was a uh, that was erica mendez as a uh... Sachi, right? Yeah, Erica Mendes in particular, I think it gives a fantastic performance here. Uh, I think she's really great. Fucking Kaiji Tang. Lex Lang is Yuri. Lex um, Lang is Yuri. Knocks out of the park. Uh, Erica Harlocker is Yukio. Always yeah. great. Yep. 
Yeah. Uh, Jameson Pierce as Fujimaki. Great, great. menacing. Uh, Craig aura. Chun as Aragaki in the dub is so fucking good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I fucking he you know, he in particular really impressed me, and he's not normally an anime actor. He's very rarely in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, yeah, he, so so uh, fucking uh, fucking uh, Robbie Damon's in this. Uh, fucking as Mikio, like it's just a great dub. But no, this dub, this my, dub is spectacular. My MVP for the dub is Jason Marnoka as Nanbu. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, his performance. <laughs> Yeah, it's it captures Nanbu as a character so effortlessly. Like when I thought, even before the dub came out, when I thought Nanbu in English, this is exactly what I thought of. Like it is pitch perfect, and he fucking knocks it out of the park in every scene he's in. He steals the show with his performance. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. Like he's yeah he's. No, he's excellent. A lot of props to uh, Ezra Wright Weiss, who was the ADR director for Megalobox, because he yeah. he fucking made the he fucking made Megalobox what it was in terms of just casting everybody and just uh, fucking making sure like just fucking the the scripting was great for it. Like it's just a fan fucking tastic, mm-hmm. just a fan fucking tastic dub, uh, dub from top to bottom. Uh, just I would no no issues with it. No issues with it. I can't. Think I of originally though. I actually originally thought that um, Nambu was voiced by David Wald. Yeah, David Wald. Because it sounds very familiar. It found it sounds similar. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. It's Jason uh, Marnosha, who is a newer act. I haven't really seen yes. him much in anything. I saw. I checked his mail, and I was like, "Yeah, this guy hasn't done much, but he fucking just out of the park." He killed it as Nambu. Like, holy shit! Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to see him in more stuff now because holy shit, uh, he's a. Uh, the, uh, I, th- I think I, after this, and right after this, I think like a couple months later, he got casted as the new official voice of Megatron. So I think this game perfect. <laughs> yeah, he's Megatron. The new... Please yeah, he's tell the... me he's Megatron in the in War Cybertron. He's the War of Cybertron. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he's... Yeah, he's gonna be Megatron, which I th- which one which I have a feeling is Megalobox is the thing that got him that role because Mega because Megatron is a highly coveted role among voice actors that I know, uh, from what I've heard, and so like that's that's impressive. Um, and it makes sense because he's his performance in Megalobox dub is like fucking like a revel, it's, it's, revel- it's a revelatory performance. Like it's fucking it's a it fucking it's the kind of performance where I'm like I'm gonna pay attention to this actor now. It's like, like a I'm once really- in a lifetime kind of performance. Like yeah. you just put everything out there. Yeah. Um. No, but I'm really but yeah, it's just he's just great. Also great is the animation to this show because whole fucking whips. It whips. It's the kind. It's it looks amazing. It looks fucking stellar, dude, from top mm-hmm. to bottom. Fucking and the art style too is, ooh, <laughs> fucking the background art too is so good here. I mean, there's a reason why this won best art. Yeah, for me for too. Our dude, the art is fucking. Yeah, I mm. think I'm, mm-hmm. it was just top to just top to bottom. This show was mm. fucking great. The fact that they downscaled it to 480—that's to thing. make it feel even more. Mm-hmm. That's the yeah. thing. Matt and, I, Matt and I talked about this, and mm-hmm. when I said this is the perfect blend of style and substance, 
mm-hmm. the style here is what sticks out. Probably what brought a lot of attention to the show to begin with, other than the fact that it was an anniversary title. Um, mm-hmm. Because the I don't think theme. I've seen... I don't think I've seen any other show replicate this kind of style in the same way. It's because the, the way they produced it is so interesting because they yeah. animated it normally for a 1080p resolution. Mm-hmm. They downscaled it to 480p to give it that little bit of fuzz, upscaled it back to 720p after it was downscaled and put a filter on it. And that's why it looks just a little bit fuzzy, a little bit blurry. It looks like something that you would play on a CRT TV. Yeah. In like the late nineties. Yeah. And like it looks it looks like a shitty recording so, that someone had on their VHS because they didn't yeah, because lo- they were like it, it looks like a low quality VHS rip. <laughs> but yet it but still it, looks so fucking But it good. works because it's grungy and it's dirty and it perfectly encapsulates what the show is trying to go for. Can we? T- I also want to talk about how awesome it is to have a boxing anime that actually isn't afraid to be kind of down and dirty and disgusting. Like it's oh, like this it's show. Like, this show is gory, dude. Yeah, I love the fact. Fucking a lot of boxing stuff tends to like tends to be like very like how do I put it? Like almost like very sanitized, oddly enough, which is weird because out of all the sports, boxing is like the most violent sport. Yeah, because you just punching dudes <laughs> you're just punching dudes and this show when i re- i still remember fucking when joe first gets the shit beat out of him and you just see blood everywhere and you're just like oh okay like he gets not he gets knocked to the mat and like his mouth guard flies out and like blood and saliva are everywhere and he's just like coated in his own fluids and he's just, yeah. like black eyes bruises all over yeah i love i i just love yeah, it's it just adds to the realism though. It just adds to the fact that you that uh, like the uh, adds to the stakes of the show too. Just mm-hmm. how violent it can get. It also makes the fights a lot more intense too, because when mm-hmm. you feel every single hit too, like when someone gets hit in the face at full power with those gears, you feel it and you're just like, ooh, like you just like you just know that that hurt, that shit hurt, yeah, and that's like... what. Oh, sorry, okay. finish. No, go ahead. No, that was one thing that I really noticed on this rewatch is like the impact of the strikes really stuck out to me. Like the sound design in this show, it's subtle, but it hits you like a truck at points. Yeah. And that's good sound design, especially when it comes to something like this, a boxing anime where you really want the impact of your hits to be spot on so that the audience feels every blow that's being dealt. And I think the show yeah. does it flawlessly. Yeah, it really does. I also love in my you know, as for me, what I love about when one of the major things I love about the show I mentioned is the sci fi setting. The world building in this show is very good. And mm-hmm. it's the kind of subtle like world building that i love because they don't overly they don't really explain a lot of it but they give you just enough to know what to like what's important and what isn't like there's an entire section of the show they have to go about forging an i citizen id because that's just how shit works in this world and it's and it's like this little stuff like that that just makes this series more believable and it's filled, and it's filled with stuff like that. And I love, I, I just, I also, just, I just really love the setting of this show. I think it's just a great setting. 
and it, it's all it's 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 the kind of like sci-fi setting. It feels used. It's a used sci-fi setting, so it feels like it's been around for God knows how long. And it's also like the kind of sci-fi setting that like feels like a natural extension because it's like it it seems like then like it's there's like a lot more poverty in this world in like the, this future than like mm-hmm. nowadays. Which it's a it's a very low class society. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I and I just and I love the look of it, and I love the feel, the, the gritty feel, gritty gritty feel of this show, a lot. Uh, Sh- uh, Josh, is there anything you want to talk about? Well, his computer blue screen, so he's fiddling with his phone right now. Okay. Yeah, I probably sound pretty shitty right now. Yeah, definitely a downgrade. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So let me just uh, get back on my actual mic. But everything you guys said, Shane was talking about the sound design, which really does mm-hmm. do a great job. Just hearing the slight coiling sounds of all the uh, springs and everything and the gears. Yeah. Especially, like you said, when we, they don't overemphasize the sound of the punches either, mm-hmm. which is really nice. Just makes it feel even more. Like, if you get hit, man, that shit's gonna hurt. Yeah. And it's very, very brutal, too, like. Joa's got the living shit beat of him. <clears throat> the s- setting. You can't do something like this unless it's the future. Unless you yeah. call the Hacksmith. Unless you call Mr. Hacksmith, who has his own exosuit. That's <laughs> true. But no, uh, this, it really does a great job for everything. Yeah, it really does. Uh, Shane, is there anything you want to talk about? Soundtrack. Oh boy, yes. The soundtrack. The soundtrack. Shane's pick for both score and insert song. This swept his soundboard. It was that good. (laughs) Yeah. And Uh, even even on rewatch, I'm like, yeah, I remember all these bops. (laughs) When the main theme kicks in, it's like boom, 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 boom. Oh, this was his pick for best Edie too, because he likes the Edie a lot too. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, Edie's uh, real good, and yeah, Josh agrees Edie's with really me. Like yeah, Edie's like real Edie. good too. Sorry, Spencer. Uh, yeah, dumbass. Fuck you. Fucking. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, I love the OST to this show. Uh, the the rap is gr- the raps are great. The yeah, soundtrack like... is great. Oh fuck. That main theme, the main theme just gets me so pumped up, dude. Yeah. Like, when they're just duking it out and all you hear is that in the background, it's like, oh, doom, fuck. Yeah. Doom, 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 doom. Yeah, like, fucking it's, I... it's such a great mix of, like, these weird techno, almost Eurobeat-ish tracks Here, with, like, hip-hop. Let me say hip who took a lot of music. This is the perfect blend of a modern futuristic soundtrack. Mm-hmm. You have your synthesizer, you have your more futuristic sounds, but you also have your throwback with your piano, your classic piano, your drums. Your piano, your everything like really just, bassy drums. Mm-hmm. It all just blends together to create this modern techno music that fits so yeah. perfectly for it. And the hip-hop influence on it just adds a yeah. nice little bit of style on top of yes. that. Yeah, it's a lot just... Of... Mm-hmm. Mm. 
Yeah, mm. it, it, the music was composed by a hip hop artist, and you can it's... tell. I love the beat. The like good good hip hop, good rap has great beats, and great production, and this has both. I and also I... sorry. Go ahead. No, and I'm just it's so just, excited. It, yeah, I know. It's just the type of it's like 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 fucking someone who listens to a lot of rap. This is this is like the beats in the show are fucking fantastic, and it's the kind it's the kind of thing that like makes you, it gets you hype, it gets you going, and it does its job flawlessly to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I also love how the whole soundtrack is amazing, but the raps are what really stick out to me. Not because not just because they're really well done and oh, they're, they're actually good. good. Um. <laughs> Every single rap is actually thematically relevant to what's happening in the show. Like, if you look yeah. into the actual lyrics, mm-hmm. they're actually talking about things that are happening with the characters or whatever's happening in the world, and they're all thematically relevant. Specifically, the last one in the show, The Beast, which was my insert song pick for yeah. 2018. It would have been my pick, too, if it wasn't for the View Starlight existing. Review, yeah. So. Yeah, review, which pretty much was swept for me. But like, it's one of those. It's it's such a good song because like it gives you it like it. It's not only thematically appropriate, but it's also just a really fucking great. It's like, a really rap good song. song. It's a great rap, and I love. And it's a, like you listen to it, and you're just like, hell yeah, like fucking fucking. And I w- wish they had dubbed it, but they didn't. Uh, yeah, the only uh, du- the only rap they actually ended up dubbing was Sachio's in episode eleven. Yeah, because yeah. uh, that was a character rap, and it wasn't actually on the soundtrack. Yeah. So they actually had Erica Mendez dub the rap, which yeah, kudos to her because she actually did a great. She can job. rap. <laughs> she did a good job. Yeah. Who knew that Erica Mendez is a good rapper? Um, Who knew Erica Mendez was a good voice actor? Oh wait, everyone. Wait, we all yeah, we all did because Erica Mendez um, is a fucking amazing voice actor. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? With Megalobox, so we cover pretty much everything. I think one last thing I want to talk about is the way that gears are uh, implemented into the show. Because, mm-hmm. to me, gears are not only a great structure of power for the world, because every single Megaloboxer besides Joe uses gear... And yeah. a lot of their strength is determined by the gear that they use. So it ends up being a really nice, like, scale power scaling system where the, the you know, the higher up opponents that you fight, the better gear they have, the stronger they are. It just makes sense. It's not like normal wacky yeah. anime bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it, it works for it works on like a fucking just narrative structure level, like just a basic fucking just power scaling level. And the uh, gear isn't just like, oh, it just makes your punches stronger. Like, Aragaki's gear was light. It had to be light so it could fit with his poor legs. Yeah. Uh, I like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but every, yeah, and every single, uh, but every single, like, every single gear had their own intricacies. But I think as Shane is going to point out, I like the gears also as a, as a thematic thing. Mm-hmm. I, I like, I like the way the gears are used as symbolism in the show because there's a lot of instances where the gears are meant to symbolize different things that are happening to the characters. And one instance that really stuck out to me, it's probably the prime example, is in episode 11 when Team Nowhere has disbanded. They found out that Nambu was tricking them the whole time. Everyone goes their separate ways. Joe's about to start his first fight in Megalonia against uh, Glenn Burroughs. 
Mm-hmm. And they're like, they're hyping him up. The man who got here with no gear whatsoever. It's Gearless Joe. And he comes out with his gear on. And I think that's a really good use of symbolism. Because the fact that he puts his gear on now, when he's alone again with no one in his corner, just symbolizes how lost Joe is in this moment. Like, he's yeah. completely lost sight of everything that he's done to get to this point and what the goal really is, which is to win. He's just reverted back to his underdog days of throwing the fight and nothing else. Mm-hmm. And then as the fight progresses and Nambu starts to come around and encourages Joe... He falls off. Yeah, he encourages Joe to stand up for himself, go for his dreams. The gear starts to break away, and then he bust out of that shell back into gearless joe and it's such a great use of symbolism that i didn't really see many people talk about when the show was airing but it's really smart in the way it's utilized yeah i agree like it's just intelligent Mm -hmm. very intelligent the way they use the gears and i it's one of the best parts of the show to me actually Mm -hmm. and i really love it um i think we're pretty much done actually i think that's does anyone have any Negatives. No. Uh the show The ended. opening. The opening. Yeah, I I'm like not a fan of the opening. I like the opening personally. I don't so that's not a negative. I don't like the opening. I like the visuals, that, yeah, I not like... a fan of the song. Yeah. I like the song. I don't know. I just this is a me thing. But fucking um I like no, but like the fucking my negative is that the show ended. <laughs> <laughs> but, but did it really? <laughs> Did it right? It's getting the second season, so it didn't end. But, but like, if it didn't, it would continue on in our hearts. Yes, that's pretty gay, dude. I am gay. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I think yeah, you are I, too, Matt. Come on. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, no. Uh, I think. Um, I think. Yeah, I think we're pretty much done. So, yeah, final I scores. I have nothing bad to say about the show. Final yeah. scores. Ten. Uh, yeah. All right. So ten from Chain. Ten. Josh. Come on, dude. Come on, Come on, you have dude. To. Josh, come on. I was originally going to give it a nine. However, <laughs> discussing it further with you guys, I will give it a ten. It's a ten. It's, it's, it's a ten. the easiest ten I've ever given. It's, it's not the <laughs> easiest ten I've ever given, but it is a ten. Well, it's one of the easiest I've ever given. It's just, it hits you in the face with its quality right off the bat, and it doesn't let up until the final episode ends. Listen, the easiest 10 I've ever given was Eurocamp. Eurocamp is an easy 10, too, actually, not yeah. gonna lie. But, uh, fucking, um, uh, Megalobox is also, for me, an easy 10. Like, this is one of the best shows, this was one of the best shows of 2018. It was, it was one of the best shows of 2018, one of the best sports anime of the past decade, and one of the best-looking shows of the past couple of years. It's absolutely yes. worth your time. If you've not seen Megalobox, what are you doing? It's only 13 episodes. It's literally... I did it in a day. Come on, you can do it, too. And it has a beginning, middle, and end. You'll be satisfied by the then, by the time. Like, it's... I, it's like it's the kind of anime we need more of. Like it's just it's just great. Go check it out. It's worth it's all worth your time. And now it's time for For the part that Shane has been agonizing over for yeah, all the Yeah, you people have been torturing me for the last two weeks about Meanwhile, this. me and Matt have been laughing. And, we, and I still laughing, haven't dude. gotten it's it. So fucking um alright. Uh our pick my pick for the for it is no, no, so uh, it's time for the random anime generator now. How this normally works is we switch between a uh, 
uh, anime generator and a pick from me and Shane. Megalobox was Shane's pick, so then we times for the anime generator. And also, I wish Shane... this is the end of sports month, so we're back to normal now. Yeah, yeah we're back to normal, so normal sports. Um, which means that I will also and and a generator now. Normally, I would ask people if they wanted to use my the meta. However, I already I wish to use my meta here, so I will be I will be doing it. And Shane has been agonizing over over this. I, you have been teasing me about this for the last two weeks, and I still haven't gotten it. Even when I thought I got it, you, you were know, like, I love mm-hmm. the fact that I got it. I love the fact that I got it right away. Yeah, Josh got it right away, dude. Too. Uh, he the first guest got it. All right. I had so. a dumb brain. You know this. All right. All right, Shane. All right. So, the, my meta is here. Uh, so, uh, so I will plug in a TV rating of TV fourteen. Uh, uh it is it's one to twenty seven plus episodes. Is it? Oh yeah, no, no. no. Yeah. Oh yeah, it it's twenty seven plus now, isn't it? Yeah, twenty seven plus episodes. Uh, score between seven point five and eight. It was released from two thousand and between two thousand and six and two thousand and six. So I was right, Shane. It was mid two thousands. I did not lie. I do not lie to yeah, you. Yeah, that's what I thought when you said mid two thousands. Yeah. Um. And the genres will be comedy, mystery, parody. <laughs> oh no! School. Has Shane guessed Sci-fi. it? Sci-fi. Has Shane guessed it? Slice of life. And you're a son of a bitch. <laughs> and exclude everything else. Uh, everything you're else. You're a son goes- of a bitch, man. How am I a son of a bitch? Matt, 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 Matt. Before you do it, Shane, you want to take a guess? No, just do it. I already know what it is. Just do it. What is it? No, tell us. What do you think it is? What is it? What is it? What is it? What is it, Shane? 2006. Comedy school sci-fi. Tell us, come on. School? It's a show that me and Josh both love. It's Gintama, isn't it? Maybe, 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 maybe. Just right, fucking Matt, run Matt. it, you pieces of shit. All right, all right, all right. And now, okay, we have to go for it again, just to make sure. TV rating 14A. Between 1 to 27 episodes, 7.5 and an 8. Yep. Released between 2006 and 2006 included comedy, mystery, parody, school, sci-fi, slice of life, and supernatural. Oh, yeah, parody's in there. It's it's Gintama. And everything else. Now, Shay, do you want to guess one more time before you before we... Uh, Just rant, do it. We... End my suffering. Do you, want to go, do you want to go through it again just to make sure that Just, like, the no, shut up. Just no, hit you the button. Matt, actually, no, Matt. Just go through it one more time. <sighs> all right, all right. We'll you know I can one. end the recording right here. Okay, no, we'll, we'll do it. I'm generating the single random anime. All right, our next anime... I, oh, wait, I got it. Nice. Um, Good. I knew it was going to be 100%. I was, wor- I was worried. I was our, like, oh. I pick for... No, my meta for... For the podcast, no, for the next podcast is one of my all-time favorite shows of all time. It is it is the show that got me into Kyoani. It is the melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. Which- You're a son of a bitch. I asked you last night. You said no. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I want to say. I, I want to say it once. Fuck me Matt. Matt I'm the new host. 
this is my <laughs> show Matt, now. <laughs> Matt, me and Matt have been laughing, waiting for you because you were. You know what? And we're doing disappearance as well. Uh, we're doing the movie as well. So is we're that doing on legal thing. streaming? I do not know, but we're doing it anyways because we got it. Because whatever better time to do it because it's because it's basically like it's basically like a second season. So we got to cover it. So Isn't okay, it like I want to say long? it's three hours. Yeah, okay. I want to say Matt is a son of a bitch because he told me right off the bat that he. Okay, granted, he changed it, but he told you told me last time you weren't picking Haruhi, and then I guessed Haruhi last night, and you said, mm-mm, nah-uh, so fuck you. I need, I needed to, you know what, I needed ass. to keep the mystery up, it, it, I needed to keep the mystery up, bruh. So, like, Shane, absolutely you have kiss never, my taint. You have never seen Haruhi, have you? No. She knows nothing about Haruhi. All I know is that you're forcing me to watch Endless 8. You have to. Me and Matt suffered through the Endless Eight. You have to suffer through it too. Yeah, you have. You're forcing me to watch Endless Eight, and uh, I cannot. It had a huge show. Better go in blind, anyways. Yes. Um, does not know anything about it because it's it's that kind of show. So, uh. Uh, so yeah, we'll be doing Melancholy of Hadahi Susumiya as well as this movie sequel, The Disappearance of Hadahi Susumiya, on the podcast next time. I'm your host, Matt, aka Legion Rex. You can find me on Twitter at Legion Rex, where I'm posting a bunch, of, where I post a bunch of crap all the time. Uh, with me, I have my very annoyed co-host Shane, aka the Beard One. You can find him on Twitter, uh, where he posts stuff about games and movies and a lot of stuff. He also has a YouTube channel at Beard Gaming Network, where he posts gameplay videos, let's plays. Um, Unboxings, streams, and a podcast, a bunch of other stuff. With Matt's me. a piece also, of shit. <laughs> I also have my co-host Josh. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Reborn Weeb, um, where he is on underneath people's posts all the time. He doesn't actually post himself, but he he comments on. He everything. just comments on everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He pretty much just comments on everything. And with that, we'll see. Uh, uh, with that, I hope you had a wonderful time with us at the podcast, and we'll be see you next time for Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. Say bye, Shane. I hate you all. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck all of you. See you next time. Eat my Thank you for listening to The Gap. If you like what you've seen, you can subscribe to The Gap Podcast YouTube channel to get the latest podcasts as they go live. Be sure to like and comment and let us know what you guys think of the show. And if you want an audio-only version of this episode, you can check out our SoundCloud page. The link will be in the description. Thank you very much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.